What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always, always use your head. You are now listening to Chair Shot Radio. Always use your head. Oh, yeah, here it is. Saturday, not Monday, or Tuesday. I don't even know when the show's on anymore, Dave. I don't know. Or Wednesday. Who knows what it is? I'm on this this network all the dang time now. I'm everywhere. You can't escape me. I'm getting as bad as PC Tunney being on this dang network every stinking day. You know, Welcome everyone in to Chair Shot Radio Hockey Talk. At this point, are we it with the Chair Shot Radio moniker? Like, are we it? Is anybody are we else? The only one who, are like, we the only ones doing it? Did we did we endure? Should we just call this show Hockey Talk at this point? <laughs> like, get our own theme song. We probably should, but you know, we've got enough theme songs. We do. We got them all. And here's the thing, everyone. You are listening to Hockey Talk here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And we are coming to you today on a Saturday, not a Tuesday, because I asked Greg DeMarco this past Wednesday if it would be okay to drop the podcast earlier and closer to when we actually record the stinking thing. Because last week's show, which, Dave, I got to tell you, I thought we did a great job. I loved our show last week. When I listened to it back, I was actually not just like, hey, we did okay on our predictions and kind of called some things. I just felt like we did a really good job. Like, like that whole program. I was very, I was very, very happy with that show. And, and kudos to you because I, I feel like you carried it. But I looked at you like, no. <laughs> but I'm sitting there listening to this like great show talking about all these game sevens on Tuesday, which was a full two days after the last game sevens have taken place. And I thought to myself, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite the bullet and just ask Greg if we can move it to at least drop hockey talk on sunday because even if we had dropped it on sunday at least that was two game sevens 
that would have been left out there. I did. I felt like it was a, it was a bit much to be like, can we drop it on the same day? But so I brought it up at the end of the Greg DeMarco show when Greg DeMarco himself asked me how Hockey Talk was going. And I talked about the podcast and I was like, you know, it really needed to be dropped on Saturday. We, we talked about this off air and he was like, yeah, you should drop it on Saturday. In fact, and then he said at the end of the podcast, make sure you all listen to Hockey Talk on Saturday. So here we are with the playoffs. We get to be current. We get to be current today. For the first time since uh, since Hockey Talk dropped and started, yeah, that I mean it. <laughs> there's stuff I know as the season went along. Like for musical chairs, it doesn't matter, you know that sort of thing. But I know like as the season went along, there were trade deadline. Yeah, trade deadline. There were several places where it's like we need to actually release this earlier because you know it's it, it's it's great to look back and see how smart we were. And as far as Game Sevens were, we did really well. I thought. I don't even did we get any wrong? I'm not even sure. Yeah, well, we I I got one. I got one wrong because oh, yeah, I yeah. stuck to my guns on the upset special, which almost happened. Ottinger tried his damnedest, yeah, to give a give me my upset yeah. over the Calgary Flames. Sixty four saves. That was a second most all time. Second most all time, something like I, that. It was. Nuts. I had painful flashbacks to your, you know. Halak against the Caps in 2010 oh, and like a hundred saves in game six and seven. It was ridiculous, but yeah, I thought, you know, we did, we did really well with the predictions. A lot of the games kind of went uh, like we thought they were all, I don't think there was one single blowout. Was there I'm trying to think? Uh, I don't think so. I two think of them went to sudden all, death overtime. Two of, them went to, two of them went to overtime, which is awesome. Always awesome. That, that the aforementioned flames, Dallas game was one of them. And then the Rangers and the pens, right? That was the other one that went to overtime. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the Rangers got that goal and that you got that one wrong. Cause you picked the pens over the Rangers and I picked, the I Rangers picked the pens originally to win the series. I did pick the Rangers to win game seven though. Uh, okay. I well, flip, I flipped at the, but I, I honestly live on your technicality. No, no honestly, I, if I'd known Crosby and Jari were going to play, I would have picked Pittsburgh. So I would have been wrong anyway. There you go. There you go. Cool. So we're we're now down to, and then there were, and then there were what eight? Yeah, that where we are now. Four more. Then series. there were eight, four more series to go. Two of them have kicked off and are intriguing. Two of them have kicked off, and we already feel like it's a foregone conclusion. And so we are going to talk about all those today. We're also going to talk about an interview that the uh, beloved, quote unquote, beloved commissioner Gary Bettman did this past week talking about his future and whether or not we, we still want Gary Bettman as the, the commissioner of the NHL. I don't know about you, Dave. I think, I think it's time to move on, but we'll, we'll get to that towards the end of the show. Uh, what we will do is we'll take a break and we're going to come back, talk playoff series, maybe take a second break. We'll talk about the, we'll talk about the uninteresting series first. So we'll talk about the East Take a second break, talk about the West, and then do, and do a brief tidbit on the Gary Bettman article uh, slash interview to, to kind of wrap up the show. Does that sound like a good plan? Sounds like a plan to me, man. Uh, good, because that's what we're doing, all right? So when we come back, we will start by talking about our quarterfinals, or no, semifinals. 
semifinals of the Eastern Conference. You're listening to Hockey Talk on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Conference semifinals. We're going to talk about the East. And I think I'm going to just rename this bracket as every way Patrick O'Dowd is wrong about the hockey playoffs. Because I picked Florida to make it to the Stanley Cup, or at least I think to the conference finals. That's not looking good, Dave. It's not looking good at all. And if you'll recall... If you recall, when I we did our playoffs breakdown at the very beginning, I had said that Carolina was going to win the series in Boston, but that Boston was going to wear them down so much that by the time they got to the second round, they would be vulnerable and ready to be bounced. And I don't, I don't look right on either, uh, on either take, Dave. It's not good. <laughs> no. Um, but I'm gonna just I'm gonna own that apparently I'm terrible, and I'll turn it over to you. And let's start with that Carolina New York Rangers game, where a lot of the problems you've talked about have really come to roost. They're not scoring at all. No, they can't. They scored one goal in two games. 
Ranta shut them down completely. Uh, and, and, you know, it's it's interesting to me. Shesterkin has played much better in this series than he did against Pittsburgh. A much, much better. Looks more like the Vesna Trophy winner he's probably going to be. But, yeah, the Rangers can't score. And Carolina is unbeatable at home. And right. that's going to be, you know, I know I know we're, we might speculate a little bit. You know, Tampa Bay, Carolina, which is looking like the Eastern Conference Finals. And as good as Tampa is, they're going to have a problem in that series because you got to beat Carolina on the road, you know, got to beat him in Carolina. No one's done that yet to win that series. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, the Rangers could still, they, they're, they're resilient guys, but yeah, that's like, we've said it all year. They have trouble scoring and when they can't score, you know, obviously if you can't score, you can't win. I don't think we expected Ranta to be as dominant as he has been to just flat out outplay him. But that home ice advantage is a big, big thing for Carolina. Absolutely. And if there is a silver lining for this series for Rangers fans is that Carolina has yet to win a playoff game on the road. And we are the series is heading back to New York on Sunday. This is an opportunity to take some momentum back, just like in the Boston series. You know, both of these games, it's not like New York got blown out either, by the way. Like, like as you noted, yeah, yeah, so it's been good between the pipes. He just hasn't quite been good enough. I mean, it was a one-to-one game in game one, and Carolina got that overtime that overtime goal. Now, in game two, New York just never really seemed to get any level of a push at all. And Carolina Carolina controlled that game to what I would argue is a steady two-to-nothing victory. But even then, it's one-to-nothing until I think Ajo gets an empty netter with like three seconds left. So it's you're talking okay. one goal both games. But it wasn't like New York, but in game two, I never really felt like the Rangers were putting a lot of pressure on Carolina, if that makes sense. Like, it was, yeah, it was a one to nothing game, and, and defensively they were holding their own, but Carolina put one in net, and that's all they needed because this offense, as you've pointed out, has been anemic. They can't sustain and, pressure. Right. And that is has been a real problem. Now, again, they're going back to Madison Square Garden, game two three Sunday Sunday afternoon at 3 30 this this is the opportunity to to get some back you got to get some momentum back game three is an absolute must win for uh for New York and I would actually even argue for Carolina just to show that they can do it on the road they got to do it on the road at some point and I say that but if they advance to the next round they're gonna still have home ice so maybe maybe not maybe not till the Stanley Cup will they have home ice if they make it all the way to the Stanley Cup finals no, I think, uh, yeah. I think, well, it depends who they play. I mean, against the, yeah, the, blues, uh, Colorado, against the blues or, or Edmonton, they would. I don't know about Calgary or Calgary. Colorado. I think Colorado had them, but anyway, regardless, Carolina does have that distinct advantage through the rest of the playoffs of, uh, of home ice. Cause I think they get it over Florida. If, uh, Florida, no, does Florida have it? Florida is the president's trophy. Florida's winner. number one overall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, we probably won't have to worry about that. So, no, we won't. Anyway, as we as we talk about what we feel are foregone conclusions. So, yeah. So, Carolina win at New York, and, and you know, really, they've got their foot on the gas here. Just kind of squeeze a little bit tighter here in Game Three. I think the Rangers actually win Game Three. That's going to be my prediction. I think they're yeah. going to win Game Three. Yeah. And and then I think game four sets up for Carolina to finally prove it 
I think that's I think that's where they'll do the prove a game and, and win on Tuesday. I think that's a safe bet. I think New York will have you know, they'll come out with a lot of emotion, a lot of momentum, similar to what, you know, we saw what they could do at home against Pittsburgh. Um and, well, sometimes, not all the time. But we'll we'll right. see. I mean, they they've still gotta figure out a way to beat this goalie. And and I think it's it's vital for the Rangers to score first and score early in game three just to get that out of their head. But yeah. I, t- I tend to agree with Absolutely. you. I like, I like the Rangers in game three as well. So let's shift to the other Eastern Conference game, our series, and talk about a team that I think is in real danger of getting swept right out of this playoffs, and that's the Florida Panthers. You lose game one playing uninspired hockey. Like, they just, I don't know, like even the building was flat. We're like happy just, to be we're happy to get by the first round. We're happy to be here. And, and even the fans, like the fans just looked like they didn't care that they like they didn't even look like they were happy to be there. They just looked like it was it was silent. It was silent. Now game two, it seemed like the that the crowd felt called out, if you will. I felt like the atmosphere was much better in game two. But Tampa Bay rolls four to one in the first game. And then just wins an absolute backbreaker of a game, scoring with seconds to go in the game of a 1-1 tie to put Florida down 2 to nothing in the series. Tampa Bay looking every bit like the experienced Stanley Cup final winning juggernaut that they've been the last two years. PC Tunney's got to be just loving it as this series goes back to Tampa Bay, where they are going to be ready to party and ready to party early. Dave, can Florida do anything Sunday afternoon at 1.30, or is this series already, is this series DOA? Is this dead on arrival already? I, I will. I, I think it's done. And I'll tell you the biggest problem with Florida, and it's it's one glaring stat that you look at, and it just slaps you in the face. They're like 0 for 28 on the power play in the playoffs. They didn't score one power play goal against the Capitals. They haven't scored any against Tampa Bay. It's 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 a I mean, you look at the offense of that team and you're like, what the hell is going on? But their their power play just looks uninspired. And I get it. The Caps were a good penalty killing team and floor and Tampa is as well. But to me, when you look at that stat and if you can't score on the power play against a team like Tampa, You've got no hope. And I didn't see anything in games one or two looking at their power play and they had chances, but it's just, it's just, there's nothing creative about it. And they're just, I mean, I know, you know, if they can get one maybe it'll open the floodgates. They're a good enough team to skate with Tampa, but I think the lightning are just in their head. And I think like what didn't the same thing happen last year. And I know Florida pushed it to six games, you know, they won one in Tampa, then they lost. I just don't see it happening right now. I think, I think you, you, brought up a really good point this is a team that looks really happy that they got that monkey of that first round series off their back and they just don't seem to understand in the playoffs you've got to just buckle down grind every series or you're going to get dumped and and tampa obviously they understand what that's all about Uh, i don't think florida does i just i think there's a very strong chance they get swept out of this whole thing yeah, it just it doesn't look good. And, and I I go with the momentum kill uh, of losing the way that they lost that last game. Like that's just 
you got to pick yourself up off the mat in a big, big way. And that's really hard to do. That's, that's a dev- hockey is such a momentum game, such a, a, a wave. It's a cresting wave. And that's one of those that really put the wave up at its apex for the Tampa Bay lightning. And it's, it's, it feels insurmountable. For the Florida Panthers, so I, I don't see them. I don't see them coming back, man. I just, it, I just don't see it with this team. Is it? Are we, are we calling it a sweep, or does Florida get one? I think it's a sweep, man. I'll, I'll go with the sweep. I, I don't, I don't see this Florida team with the fight that, like you said, that that when you lose on a goal with three seconds left. I mean, that what Kucherov just threw that thing out there with that pass. It was just to see what happens. Yeah, and and it and it lands perfectly, and and I think you know, and if Tampa gets Braden Point back, I know he's been hurt since the final game against Toronto. That's only going to help. They're still Tampa's not healthy. Uh, right. Florida pretty much is is operating on all firing on all cylinders. You know, this team it's a team that showed a lot of resilience against the Washington Capitals, but let's be honest, Tampa Bay is not the Caps, and and I, I just I I think it's a sweep, man. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. All right. We're going to take our second commercial break. When we come back, we'll go jump over to the Western uh, Conference uh, semifinals where both series are a bit more intriguing. Before we head to our recorded commercials, though, it is my duty to remind you that if you love what we do at the ChairShot Radio Network and over here at thechairshot.com, head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot and support us by investing in a ChairShot shirt. We have all kinds of awesome designs to choose from and hopefully getting some new designs out there soon as well. We joke about it on bandwagon nerves all the time, but there are some legit shirt designs that are coming. I hope we got to push it. We got to push it to Greg and, and see what he, he, he thinks about, about a couple of things. But even if we don't get new designs out there, there are logos for the brand of chair shot radio that you can put out there to support. There are some shirts for some various shows. There are sayings, things that we say on the show that are legit that people should check out as well. All of them there. Shirts are only $19.99. Or if you're feeling fancy, want something that feels nice on your giblets, spend a few dollars more, get it soft style, your body will thank you. Again, we love putting out content for you daily. And the best way to support us is to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. When we come back, the Western Conference semifinals, and Gary Bettman did an interview. You're listening to ChairShot Radio on the ChairShot Radio Hockey Talk, my bad, on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, welcome back, everyone. Dave, I was just looking through the schedule. It's a quirky weekend for playoff hockey because we only have one game today, tonight, at 8 o'clock on TNT. And we're going to talk about that game last because I have a personal interest in it, in fairness. So I t- we talked about how the semifinals over on the Eastern Conference hasn't been very exciting, so to speak, thus far. Can't say that about the Western Conference. And we're going to talk about the Flames and the Oilers first. Get, that game one 
we always talk about bonkers games. That game one was amongst the craziest hockey games I've ever seen in my entire life. Calgary gets out to like a four to nothing lead, four to six to two at some point. Six to two. It was insane. And then Edmonton just goes on this flurry of goals, makes a close. Calgary scores nine goals on the day. And offense remained a premium with Edmonton getting it back, getting a game back and winning five to three. The series is moving to Edmonton Sunday night. Dude, oh, here's here here are my takeaways. One, and, and none of these are a surprise. We've said this all season. Connor McDavid is really good. Calgary is fucking fast, like so fast. Also, I I always forget that Keith Kachuk's kid plays for Calgary, and then they show him in the crowd like every five seconds during Flames games. So that's that's it. This is if you are a fan of goal scoring. This is the series for you right now. It's been a, it's been fun. It's been fun. Like it's one of those where if you're not a hockey fan, you're like, I don't know what's happening, but this is so great. Yeah, this is a series where defense is optional, goaltending's Clearly. optional. Uh, you know, you get 15 goals in game one, you get eight more in game two. Uh, yeah, two teams, and 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 wrapped around all of this, this is the battle for Alberta. These are teams that when Edmonton was on their run with Gretzky was there. This was the rivalry. Uh, you know, the right. the classic game where Steve Smith banks the puck in off Grant Fuhrer's skate and ends Edmonton's dynasty before it begins, kinda. I mean, they still won a couple more cups anyway. But yeah. uh, you know, you've got you've got a built in rivalry between these two teams who play a very similar style of of hockey where yeah, defense is very optional. They're just they're just going out there. No one's trying to play. The first team that decides, hey, we're going to focus on defense is probably going to win this series. Because right now they're just like, we're going to outskate you. We're going to outscore you. We're going to outfinesse you. And that's great for a couple of games. But sooner or later, one of these teams is going to have to commit to saying, we need to block shots. We need to start forechecking better. We need to take, you know, get more physical. That's a team I think is going to pull ahead in this one because skill level, you know, you got McDavid. Drysidle came through huge last night Dreisaitl after, had a after big game, yeah. sucking for two periods, and then he finally turned it on. Uh, McDavid is McDavid; he's just dominating. Johnny Gaudreau has been, you know, he of course he got the game winner against Dallas or the series winner, I should say, against Dallas. He's really good. Uh, yeah, goaltending's been real sketchy. You know, you got a couple of guys. I mean, I saw. I forget who's the Calgary goalie, Markinson or something like that. Made right. some really questionable puck handling decisions that didn't burn him, but sure could have. And, and could have, could have, sure should have. It sure should have. And Smith has just been, you know, an enigma to himself this entire playoffs. So uh, I, I, I love the series. It's a lot of fun. You compare that to Carolina, New York, where no one's scoring. Um, granted, goaltending goaltenders in that series are much better, and they, 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 they just play a different kind of game. But yeah, I think. This series is at the point where whatever team commits to really slowing down the other one is going to have a distinct advantage in this thing. Um, I still like Calgary in that respect, but we'll see. I mean, they they have not, they have not, neither of these teams. I mean, eh, Edmonton a little bit more than Calgary can can play defense when they want to, but uh, yeah, Calgary just flat out is just trying to overpower teams and and outscore them. Not going to work so well against Edmonton, I don't think. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's, um, I think this is going to go seven. I think I actually, now I I'm convinced both of these series go seven at, at this point, like, and, and I'll get into why on the other side. 
with uh, with the St. Louis Blues. But I think this is like, you know how in basketball sometimes they or in football they'll always be like whoever's got the ball last wins the game. Um, I wonder if, who has the pucks who has the pucks last uh, wins the game and wins the series for uh, Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah, I think there's a significant chance that goes seven because you're looking at two really evenly matched teams right Right. now. Like I said, I I think whichever team decides to make kind of a strategic shift is going to have an advantage. Absolutely. Well, we'll wait and see. We're not going to pick these series, I don't think, the way we pick the other ones um, because they feel a little more in question. Let's move on to my St. Louis Blues and my Colorado Avalanche. And I can't lose either way with this series, by the way, because I picked the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup. So if they win this series, then my pick holds. And I'm a St. Louis Blues fan. So even though I'd be disappointed if my pick for the Stanley Cup didn't win the Stanley Cup, my team would advance to the conference finals. And that's exciting, too. The Blues got flat out so the blues lost in overtime in game one three to two but you wouldn't have known it we talked about ottinger for dallas jordan bennington looked like 2019 jordan bennington in game one and game two against colorado to to stand on his head to the point where jordan Cairo was able to get a goal late in game one to force overtime before colorado then finished it off with a three to two victory. But if you look at the stats, Colorado, I think took like 40 more shots than the blues on goal. They were in the zone all day. The blue, like Colorado would get the pocket there. And again, we talked about how fast Calgary is. Colorado is every bit as fast as Calgary. In fact, if Calgary and and Colorado are the two teams that make it to the conference finals, that's going to be a fun series to watch. But the Blues and Jordan Bennington in particular hung in there. They they looked slow. They looked like they were going to get swept all over again. And then Craig Berube shook up the lines for game two. And it worked. And it worked in a big game, big way. And I texted you during the game. It was some it was some real high-level hockey, in my opinion, watching that game between both for both teams. Uh, and the Blues with these with these changed up lines and Bushnevich making a big a big role in slowing the attack down of Colorado. Colorado was not forcing the blues on their heels the way they were in game one. And then we got puck luck. The first three goals that the blues scored were all strange deflection sort of pucks that this is the beauty of hockey and what what you'll hear all the time. Just throw it at the net sometimes. You don't know what's going to happen. And all three of the first Blues goals def- like did something weird off of a stick. And, and David Perron, who had two of those, uh, he was the I mean, he was the beneficiary off of off of like off of Colorado players too. And, and I can't remember who was the other one that scored. Um, I'm actually going to look at the recap. Actually, the game center. Because the the first goal that the Blues scored, and I warn you, I'm trying. I don't think this is on autoplay, but um, so it may. I'm just looking for like a box score. There we go. Um, yeah, Kairu's first goal was from like the point 
or no, that's not right. This is yeah, no, it was for, not for the. He was coming in, he's kind of skating in. He had a clear shot. He um, winds up and goes off of the stick of the defender and turns into this weird knuckle puck that gets right over the shoulder uh, of. Um, how do you pronounce that guy's name? It's like uh, the goalie. Um, it starts Kemper? with an E. Kemper. K-E-U-M-P-R. It's weird, though. Yeah. Um, gets, it, gets it over Kemper's shoulder. You could tell it fooled him. The, the, the slow motion of the way the puck, the puck is like spinning. Uh, like if you've ever, um, like it's, it's like somebody had stood it up on its side and it's yeah, spinning it got, it. it. got it on its edge. And, and those are hard to hit. It was so weird. David Perron, his his second and third, the second and third goals of the game again off of other dude sticks, and then Brandon Saad had an had an empty netter, so you can't even count that one, really. But the the shakeup of the line, and I mentioned Bushnevich, he he had an assist on both of the first two goals of the game, and was brought into that line with Perron and Cairo, and it's made it made a huge difference, and, and so. I think I think this is going to be I think this is going to be a tightly contested series the rest of the way, especially if Bennington continues to be 2019 Jordan Bennington. I'll tell you this right now. I think Colorado's in trouble, and and I'm looking at. I know you don't want me to say that, but I'll I'll tell you why. Because a I look at game two, and St. Louis actually outshot Colorado, which has not happened in quite some time. I don't think so. They're getting pucks to the net. David Perron is playing out of his mind in these playoffs. That's the seventh goal of the playoffs. Yeah, in the MVP he's, for the he's the con. I mean, if St. Louis wins a cup, you're looking at probably the Con Smythe winner right there. Um, now here's the thing: Colorado now has to show if they are going to be different. If it's not the same old Avalanche, they have not gotten by this second round in a long, long time. And if they this is they've got a show. They've got a show where they playing tonight. Is that game three is tonight? Game three is tonight at eight o'clock. They've got to show up. They've got to go out there and, and basically assert their will against St. Louis because they are on paper at least. And you look at regular season, they should be the better team. But they're the superior team in all facets. But it doesn't matter so, because I would argue the goal is the edge right now for the Blues. Yeah, Bennington is playing really, really well. Kemper's. You know, let it. I wouldn't say soft goals, but you know, you can't. You know, you and we said it. You know, I said you can't let in that goal, and you've texted me back, but he did. And I think you know, there's like there's you know where Colorado is really taking the fight to St. Louis in that third period. They're down by one. They're putting all sorts of pressure on them, and then you give up just kind of a fluky bounce that results in a two on one, and Perron buries it. And Kemper's got to make that save at that critical juncture, Absolutely. and. Colorado has a bad habit of not doing that when it really counts the most. I think when Perron put that in, I texted you just simply boom. Yeah, you did. And, um, and I, and I said, you know, I said, it's looking really I good. I felt that was the game. When I did he too. Put that in, I was like, we're done. Yeah. Cause Colorado I, we are, had, we tilt, are going to win this game. Colorado had tilted the ice badly at that point, And just like that, it's over. And that's because Colorado had all the momentum too. Cause I, I'm going to read, I'll read our conversation cause I actually brought it up. So um, the nice thing is, is we text a lot more during hockey season. So, so here I am. You're like, I was like, the blues look better tonight so far. They've slowed the abs down. Uh, 
you were and when it got to two to nothing, you're like hope, hoping your boys can hold on. They definitely win this series if they do. I don't know about that, or they can definitely win this series. Okay, I do agree with that. <laughs> I, I I hyperbole you there. That's not fair. But then I said it's been an intense period. The second Colorado scored early in the third, man, it was it was relentless. It was relentless. And when Perron scored that goal, you felt it. Again, we talk about momentum. Everything, just all the air just sucked out of the balloon. And the Blues took care of business. And, and Colorado never really felt like they were gonna they were gonna mount anything. I, Even when they were six on five, the yeah. Blues were comfortable. I almost, they didn't look uncomfortable. I almost feel like this game three, and I know you know you're talking hyperbole, and this might be hyperbolic pivotal. a little bit. Pivotal. We call it I, pivotal. No, I almost think this is a must win for Colorado because if they go down right. two to one. And then the pressure, because if they go down three to one, they're not coming back to win this series. It's just not going to happen. So I almost think you've got, they've got to flip the script. They've got to win this game to put the pressure back on St. Louis to at least draw even going back to Colorado. If they don't win tonight, then I, I think, you know, all the, the ghosts of seasons past, all those voices, it's the same thing that, you know, Florida is dealing with, but worse with Colorado because they're great at getting by the first round. They just can't get to the conference finals. And I, I feel like St. Louis is in their head. Things didn't go the way they thought in games one or two. And, and I, I, this is not, you know, you compare this series to last year where they Colorado steamrolled St. Louis, nowhere near the same series. This is, this is going to be a tough one. This one, I agree with you probably goes seven. And I really honestly like your guys chances. If they can keep Colorado in check, I know you can't stop them completely. You can keep them in check like you've done in games one and two. Yeah, they got a shot and a real shot at yeah, that. Yeah, they got to slow them down. Got to keep them from getting in space. Because the thing that really concerned me in the third period when they were really making their push was the Blues got really careless with their passing, and they were they weren't they weren't playing good hockey between the blue lines. They as they were trying to transition into the Colorado zone, and there were a lot of passes that would get picked off, and it would just be a rush to try and get back and stop Colorado. They did a good job in the first two periods of not letting that happen, to where Colorado was having to work from their own ice into the blue zone, and they and the blue stopped making them do that, and so they got to keep that up. Here's um, here's a stat that you might want to keep. It's a kind of a sneaky little stat. We see it all the time, but looking at games one and games two, the difference face-off percentage game one, Colorado 64% oh, to four, to 36 for St. Louis game two. You can reverse that because St. Louis got 60.7% to 39.3%. People don't put a lot of stock in that, but those are huge when you can control the, right. the dot like that, especially an offensive team like Colorado who is really good at doing set plays out of a faceoff, and I one of the goals that they scored in game one was just beautiful. It was a beautiful faceoff set play, like just boom, boom, boom in, and there's just nothing you can do about it. All right, I got to stop this, or I'm just going to go total fanboy. I want to get to one more thing. Uh, Gary Bettman appeared on the New York Post's Marshawn and Urand podcast and was asked about his future as the NHL's commissioner. Here is what he said. Quote, I know this will, I know I won't be able to do this job forever, but the fire is still burning inside. 
the first night I was in Carolina. The second morning I was in Montreal for Guy Lafleur, Guy Lafleur's funeral. That night I was in Calgary. The next night I was in Edmonton. The next in South Florida, and the next night in Tampa. Even when I was in my 20s, that would have been a big trip. He continues. I know time is running out, but as long, long as I have the energy, I'm going to stay in office. And finally, obviously, as you get older. You don't want to get tired, so you have to stay healthy. I think I'm fit. I feel good. You also need the energy, desire, and passion, and none of that has diminished. If I wake up in the morning and I'm not happy with what I'm doing and what's coming up for me that day, I shouldn't do it anymore. He adds, I also need the agreement of the leadership, which I have had continuously for three decades, and I am grateful for that. There are a lot of people who are ready to be done with Gary Bettman as the commissioner of the National Hockey League. Dave, first of all, your thoughts on one, whether you want Gary Bettman, how much longer you want Gary Bettman in power, and two, the reaction to the statement that he's not uh, going anywhere anytime soon, apparently. Gary Bettman will always kind of be somebody I look at as saying, dude, we lost a whole fucking season. On your watch, we had a another season with a lockout and a shortened season on your watch, and I've never got the feeling that Gary Bettman. I mean, I know he's he's the commissioner, so he's not all about the players, and that's the NHLPA. But I've never, you know, I I I give him some credit for the last couple years and dealing with the pandemic and coming up with a way to you know, to do it, you know, the bubble and all that stuff. And the NBA kind of matched that. And I think that was a little bit more collaborative than we probably expected at the time between the two leagues. They kind of had the same blueprint, but you know, I, 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 I would like to see somebody younger in that office. I'd like to see somebody with a better vision in that office. The NHL is somebody, you know, I read something the other day and, and, Honestly, I'm looking at it thinking, you know, they might be right. There's a lot of uh, articles and stuff being written about MLS supplanting the NHL as like the fourth Eesh. most popular, uh, you know, and you look at the MLS and, and you look at what they're doing. They expand virtually every year. They've gone from just a handful of teams and now they're everywhere and with rabid fan bases and soccer is the most popular sport in the world. And you look at some of these MLS teams and their fan bases and, and, you know, I'm looking at this article thinking they could replace them and they're not wrong. I, I mean, the, in the NHL is kind of, it's a sport we love, but if we're pulling back and looking at it object objectively, it's a little stagnant right now. You don't, there's very much, so. there's room for expansion. You look at what's going on with Arizona. Where the fuck have you been on that one, Gary? That's a disaster that you need to step in and do something. Now they're going to play at some shitty gym somewhere in the middle of nowhere okay, okay okay stop they're not playing at a shitty gym but they are what, what the the fact that they're playing in an arizona state facility that holds half yes. maybe even less than half of what a standard nhl hockey arena holds is an embarrassment i'm not disagreeing that it's not an embarrassment no, I, and, I and that the commissioner has really bungled that yes i'm just i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna I'm not going to begrudge Arizona State. No, 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 no. I, I don't, I don't mean offering. that. I mean, I'm sure it's a good facility, but yeah, you look at you're cutting attendance in half, and that that right. situation has been badly mismanaged. You know, there's it's, expansion. I mean, there's there's places that need hockey teams. You want to compete with MLS? 
you got to get into some of these markets that you're just missing, you know, places like Memphis, Nashville, Houston, Quebec, um, there are lots of places where you could actually go. Canada, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they're can not, and they're not Hartford. Can we go back to Hartford? Yeah. Can I, can I get a whalers? I, like I might actually, I might actually pretend to you know, bring back the whalers. We haven't let it go out here out East, by the way, no. if you're, if you're not a Boston fan, you were a whalers fan and, Believe me, those Whalers jerseys still sell. Exactly, but there's there's day. markets that used to have teams that okay, it didn't work, but maybe you should rethink San Diego. I look, yeah. I mean, San Diego is one of these places that they don't have anything other than the Padres right now, and and they've supported well, but, the and, they've supported the Gulls out there for years rapidly. So it's like, dude, you got it. You got to do something to to kind of keep up with the MLS because otherwise they are going to pass them sooner or later. Right. And, and to be fair, the Padres are really good this year. So they are, um, they are. good on, good on them. Fortunately, they're in the same division as the Dodgers and giants, but Hey, it's yeah. That West is a loaded baseball division, but that is a different podcast. And I feel like we have come to the end of our podcast this week, Dave, before we go on this Saturday, as we air on time, tell everybody where they can find you on the chair shot radio network and any other podcasts that you would like to push. Yeah, you could find me, of course, on uh, every Monday morning with the one and only Patrick O'Dowd, the live studio audience, PC Tunney, Aesop Mitchell, the crew of nerds on Bandwagon Nerds. But otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And of course, you can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist, that is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can catch me every, well, it sounds like Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday now on the Chair Shot Radio Network is on Saturdays. Dave and I talk hockey and soon to be talking some music on Tuesdays or on Mondays. You'll be listening to me on Bandwagon Nerds. And then on Wednesdays, you'll be catching me with Greg DeMarco, Miranda Morales doing the Greg DeMarco show. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. Good weekend of hockey coming up. Three games on Sunday. One big, big game tonight. You have been listening to Hockey Talk on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Uh-huh.